This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, good morning. Good to see you. Bless all of you. Goodness of God on your life. Hey, if you need a Bible, once you get your hand up and our ushers will get you the Word of God in your hand. For all you note-takers will be in John 14, John 15, John 16. And some of you are holding your breath thinking, how long is he going to speak today? It'll be good, I promise you. You know, I, I welcome all of you who are watching on, online. We're glad you're here with us today. Thank God for the rain we've received, such a blessing. Uh, it's just a lot of good going on, okay? Just a lot of things happening and... Uh, They're not in this service, but we had a couple in our church that got married yesterday evening, and they were in the the first service this morning, and I said to him, I said, what are you doing here? And he said, Pastor, we couldn't go on our honeymoon before we honored God. Blessed me and really moved me, so those are good things, and so I speak the goodness of God on you. A few months ago, we were on the book of Psalms 92, verse 10, the the anointing of heaven. And the word anointing there literally means that God is going to pour his spirit upon us. And so that's my prayer today through all this, that when we, we talk about the Holy Spirit here, the Holy Spirit was given as his name implies. He's holy. He's holy, and I, I believe it's vital for us to not only understand the Holy Spirit, but to walk in the things of the Spirit of God daily through our lives. This is so, so important that we hear this. I believe the church has quit speaking on the Spirit of God like we need to, so we're going to continually speak on the Holy Spirit today, and I'm asking you right now to, to let the Scriptures teach you, okay? When we get here, John 14, 15, and 16, you'll see every bit of that is red letter words. And so these are Jesus' words. So we must heed these here today. And I can tell you, when you begin to read this, this may adjust your theology again. That's a good thing. I, I want to be biblical in our lives. So we begin this morning here in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me. Now, it's interesting within me, within me, the, the church itself, that how many people would say, I love you, I love you, I love you. But the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And so he said, if you really love me, prove it or demonstrate it by your obeying of my commandments. Now, that throws it into a whole other area. I love you, Lord, I love you, but I don't want to obey you. That doesn't go right. So the way my love is shown or demonstrated to the Lord Jesus is the way I obey. And if you'll notice, he says, obey or keep my commandments. So when we look at the commandments of God, specifically the Ten Commandments that's found in Exodus 20, those aren't multiple choice. You know, I like one, three, five, seven, nine, but I'm not real big on two, four, six, eight. Well, the bad thing about that 
is God didn't really want your opinion on that. He's the one who set them into motion, and those are still alive to this day. So now when I, I read this right here, we all face this age-old dilemma. I want to obey God, but at times I find myself where I don't. And many times we have the thought, well, it's just going to take some more willpower. And I just got to try harder. Well, how's that working for you, pal? I've done that. I've tried willpower. I've tried to do stuff out of my own ability, and I didn't get anywhere. So look at the very next verse, what he says. And I, the I here is the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus said, I will pray the Father, or I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper. Hmm. Another of the same kind. One that has similarities, one besides me, one addition to me. But he'll do in my absence what I would do if I was physically still present with you. Now, when he says he's going to give us another helper, you're going to hear that word over and over and over this morning. And it's important when we begin to listen very clearly to Jesus' words. He said, I'm going to give you another helper. And so right there in that verse, you see the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, and I will pray, Jesus, to the Father, and he will give you another helper, which is in reference to the Holy Spirit. I know of two specific times in the Bible that the Lord said you're going to need a helper. The very first one was given to man. And the Lord said, I've got to create these guys a helper. They can't figure things out in life without a helper. Thank God for a helper. But now he says it again, and I believe this is addressed to men and women that are born again, that he said, you really, really, really need a helper. And could the helper, could that springboard back to verse 15? That the only way that I'm truly going to obey the commandments of God, and it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. I can't do it out of my own ability. So he said, you got to have a helper. You know, there's a desire within me, and I think it's within all of you too. I want to please God. I want to obey God. But I got this thing called the flesh, and you know what? He acts up at times. And so he said, I, I want to give you a helper. that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now right there it shows me that the world can't receive the Holy Spirit. The only way you can receive the Holy Spirit, you've got to be born again. You've got to ask Jesus into your heart and then you ask the helper to come, but he says, they don't know him, but you know him. Now, here's a great thought on all this. Do I really know him, or do I just know about him? Hmm. 
And think about this, for me to, to really know anybody, you got to spend time together. You got to have a relationship to know somebody. And to know somebody, you fellowship together and you welcome them to speak into your life and then you tell them about your life. One of the greatest analogies that I believe is in a marriage covenant. How do you get to know your spouse? You do life together. This is kind of shocking for me to say this, but tomorrow I will be married 41 years. <laughs> Pastor, we didn't know you got married when you were seven. Yeah, we were real young when we got married. <laughs> but we got to know each other. And we still know each other. I said this in the first service, over 41 years, I found out what makes Shelly tick and what ticks her off. This is a little bit of wisdom for some of you that are newlyweds and even oldieweds. Stay away from the things that tick them off. I, 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 could, I could tick Shelly off right now. I know, I, I know which buttons to push. We're talking about the helper again. I want to know him. I don't want to know about him. I want to know him. I want to know him in a personal way, in an intimate way. And he said, you know him, for he'll dwell with you. And he'll be in you. And I will not leave you orphans. I, I won't leave you helpless. I won't abandon you. I will come to you. And so when Jesus says this, he refers to his coming in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now again, I got to get what Jesus said. This is red letter words. This is Jesus is talking to us. He said, I'm going to come to you in the person of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 15. Verse number 26. But when he... The helper comes. Here it is again, the helper. Now, it's interesting here. When you get to this word helper, it has a meaning called a, and I'm going to try to pronounce it the way it does, a parakletos or parakletos. It's a Greek word there in this. It means one that's called to your side. It signifies an intercessor, a comforter, a helper, an advocate. The technical meaning is an attorney who appears in court in another's behalf. So the Holy Spirit wants to represent us. He wants to defend us. And when he, the helper, comes, listen, listen real close. Whom I shall send to you from the Father. It's amazing to me, just the word in here. Jesus says, I'm going to send this helper to you. And he's ordained by the Father. Now, how can I dismiss this truth? How can I overlook this truth? How can I blow off this truth? 
Again, the Old Testament priests didn't blow it off. They knew the significance of the Holy Spirit. But the born-again disciples of Christ, they knew the Holy Spirit. So why do we think we can bypass the Holy Spirit? Why do we think we can dismiss the Holy Spirit? We can't. I'm going to send him from the Father. The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father... And he will testify of me. The divine encourager will testify of the Lord Jesus. Verse 27. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the very beginning. You will bear witness concerning Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll bear witness. Now the reason I really want to highlight that, if you go back with me, Two weeks ago, the Lord Jesus in Acts 1 said, I command you to wait for the promise of the Father. Then he said in verse 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. There's two words in there we're going to really look at real quick. Number one is, you shall receive power, and you shall be a witness. Now, let me ask you something. What do you get from the word shall? I don't believe that was, hey, 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 you can take it or leave it. You shall. And then he said, you shall be witnesses. The outpouring of the Spirit of God was for us to be a witness, and I highlight the word be, B-E. He said to be a witness. I believe the greatest witness that we are right now is in our lifestyles. Now you're always, people are always watching. You can be under a, micro, a microscope. That's okay. That's a good thing. God wants to empower you to be a witness. Even at your 4th of July family reunion. Ooh, Pastor, that hurt. You don't know, Sister Bucketmouth. You don't know, Pastor, that my family, we like to drink. God's called you to be a witness. And the way he, he makes you that witness is he gives you power from the Holy Spirit. And there becomes courage upon you. Things begin to happen. Begins to happen. You know, for 20 years of my life, I, I worked in a very ungodly environment like many of you. And at times I would say, Lord, get me out of here. And you know what the Lord would say? You're the only witness. You're the only salt and light that I have in this place. And these guys, you know what? They were sinners. You know what sinners do? They sin. And these were good sinners. I remember one day, I, I could not figure out what was going on in my work truck, but everywhere I went, people behind me were honking the horn. And I thought, I don't know you. The Lord bless you. The Lord, all day long. And, and I went in at lunch to get my order for the afternoon, and I walked around the back of the truck. And two of the guys I worked with, they had put centerfold pictures of nude ladies all over the, the tailgate of my pickup. 
Oh, happy day. Not. And at first I was so irritated. I wanted to be biblical and lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. And I remember they sat outside and they watched just to see a reaction. And I wasn't moved a bit. Lord, bless them. Help them. You know what's incredible about this? That a number of those guys, I've done their funerals. I've married some of them. I've married some of their children. The guy who was my boss for all these years, there was one day, and I can't get into this story, it'll take forever, but they gave me 15 days, working days off without pay. 15. I honored him. When he died, I got a call from his wife. And she said on his dying bed, he said, only you will do his funeral. And it touched my heart because I realized I was a witness. And this is what he's saying here. You're going to have to have a helper to be a witness. In this world we live in right now, this divine encourager. Turn with me to the book of John chapter 16. Verse number 5. And if you note here, it's red letter words. This is the Lord Jesus talking to us. And he said in verse 5, But now I go away to him who sent me. And really that's the fulfillment of scriptures in Acts 1-9. And then again in Acts 2. That Jesus would ascend into heaven. And you know where Jesus is at right now? He's in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And you know what he's doing there? He's praying for you and me. Thank the Lord. Pray for me, Jesus. I welcome your prayers. But he said, I'm, I'm going to leave this earth. And none of you ask me where you're going. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Well, you know why sorrow had filled their heart? They had walked this earth with the Lord Jesus for three and a half years. Face to face, they could touch him. And now he's saying, I'm getting ready to be gone. And they're full of grief. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you this truth. He said, here's the truth, boys. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, the Lord Jesus is the one said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And the disciples are thinking, how can this be my advantage? Watch what he says. For if I do not go away... The helper will not come to you. The divine encourage will not be released to you. But if I depart, listen to this real close. I'm going to send him to you. By the way, I'm going to send him to you. Now, what do I do with the Lord Jesus' words right here? Do I dismiss him? Do I act like I don't need his help? Well, you know what? I'm doing pretty good in life. Everything's just okay. See, it's a bad place to get where we think I can actually 
be the believer that I'm called to be without the Holy Spirit. I can't be. And I could stand up here for the next three hours. I'm not going to do that to you, so relax. But I could give you testimony after testimony of how I've seen the helper work in my life. And when we talk about the helper, he wants to help you in every area of your life. I don't care if you're in school, he'll help you. How many of you, as a mother or father, have you ever felt like you're in over your head? Every day of the week, Pastor, 24-7. He wants to help us. How many of you ever needed help in your marriage? Oh, Jesus, help me. He's the helper. He'll help us over and over. Verse number 8. And when he, now notice that. You'll see this again in verse 13. He, not it, not Casper the friendly ghost. Do, 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 do. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. And when he has come, he, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of sin of righteousness and judgment. He'll convict us. A word that helps us better with that is he'll convince us. He'll convince us that I'm a sinner. He'll convince us that I'm righteous. And he'll convince of judgment. Now, let's break that down a little bit. Keep going with me. Verse 9, he will convict us of sin because they do not believe in me. So when you see this right here that he'll convict us of sin, that's the Holy Spirit's job. He's to convict you of sin, but he doesn't convict us of sin to beat us up. He doesn't convict us of sin to get us on the ground and pound us. He convicts us of sin to say, you need a Savior. You need someone to come on the inside of you. He'll convict us of sin. My job isn't to convict of sin. I'm going to give you a great thought on this right here. The people of the world aren't our enemies. They're our mission field. And we as Christians aren't to relentlessly attack and analyze sinners with harsh and condemning statements. It's not our job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Now let me give you a thought here. If you wouldn't give your heart to Jesus and got born again, where would you be at right now? I would be a champion sinner. I mean, I would be the MVP of Sinner Super Bowl. That's how good of a sinner I was. And this may bear witness with some of you. Without Jesus in your life, today would you be in prison or would you be dead? Your hand's going to go up all over the place on that if you're truthful. I got a good idea. I'd already been dead. But you know what moved me? The Holy Spirit would begin to convict. He'd convict us. Listen, if you're being convicted right now, that's not me. I'm not that special. I don't have that ability to do that. My job is just to preach the word and the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and he starts moving in our hearts 
And something begins to happen where you realize, I got to have a Savior. I need Jesus. He convicts of sin because they do not believe in me. He convicts of righteousness because I go to my Father and you say, you will see me no more. Now, when it says he, he convicts or convinced of righteousness, you know what he's telling us? You're righteous. You're in right standing with God. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And many times we're like, I'm not righteous. The Holy Spirit will convince you you're righteous because of your standing with Jesus. You're not righteous because how smart you are. You're not righteous because all your titles and your, you're not righteous. The only way I'm righteous is through the Lord Jesus, and he wants to convince you you're righteous. And many times when we look in the mirror, we say, I'm not righteous. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You're special to him. And so many times we think our righteousness is based on it. It's not. I, I love the song we sang in the first surface, or the first in the, in the song playlist there today. I am a child of God. Do you know there was a time in my life that even though I was born again, I could look in the mirror and I'd think, I'm not a child of God. I, but the Holy Spirit begins to work within us to say, that's my boy. That's my girl. And then look what he says in verse 11. And if judgment caused the ruler of this world is judged, who's the ruler of this world? The devil. He's judged. You know what that means? The Lord is convincing already that he's already been judged. You know the devil's been judged. He just hadn't been sentenced to it. That day's coming. The Holy Spirit's moving. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He's telling the disciples, he said, boys, I got so, 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 so much more I want to tell you, but you're just not ready for it yet. Verse 13, now get your pen out, okay? This is, this is a, a major, major verse. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He's going to guide you into further truth. Greater apprehension of the gospel truths. In addition to general help, guidance. And you know what else he's going to do? He's going to give you strength to endure the world system. He's the spirit of truth. I'll give you an illustration how I believe he works within every one of us in this area. How many of you read certain passages of the Bible for a jillion times? And one day you're sitting there reading and it's like this light comes on. And you look and you said, I've never seen. Oh my, look how good this is. That's the spirit of truth who leads you and guides you. 
So last week, I'm reading this book, and I start looking at the book, and I can tell I've read this book three or four times, and the reason I can tell, it's marked in ink, then another time it's marked in a yellow highlighter, and then another time it's marked in an orange highlighter, and there's even some blue in there, so I know I've read this numerous times. So I'm sitting there reading, and all of a sudden, the spirit of truth comes alive. And I start looking, and I'm like, I've never seen this. Well, I've read it four times. I've never seen it. And the Lord, that's revelation knowledge. Now, look at the last verse in chapter 16. Because the helper will help us endure the hostility of this world. Now, watch real close what it says, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. Let me give you a little secret here. In the world you will have tribulation. You're in the world. And that word tribulation means you're going to have times of pressure. You're going to have times of squeezing. The world will try to squeeze you. You will have anguish and you will have adversity. Just part of being in the world. But when those times come, I don't have to freak out. Look how he ends this. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So was the Lord Jesus leading up to everything he said in John 16 and he ends in verse 33? Was he telling us to have the courage and the strength to get to the, through the tribulations of this world? You're going to need the helper. I believe precisely that's what he's saying. And when the helper comes on the inside of you, Everything externally, everything around about you can look like all hell is broke loose, but on the inside of you, you live with peace. I don't know how the people of the world can live without the peace of God. And so, you know, if you watch just a little bit of the news, and man, I hope you're like me. The Lord is pruning me from the news because every time I watch the news, Man, you can get depressed. This is a chaotic world right now. It's a crazy world. It's a world that will grieve you. It's a world that will cause all the shootings we're seeing. Everything taking place. But isn't it interesting? The Lord Jesus said, I've given you peace. I've given you peace. And it's amazing to me how I can experience peace it's the Holy Spirit that begins to move within us. One last passage. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, I, I begin to figure out over the years that when you preach the Word of God, two things are going to happen. The response will be either met with negative or the response will be met with 
positive. Years ago, when I would be, be the response would be met with negative, it, it, it bothered me. I mean, I've had people get up and walk out of the surface. I'm not thrilled about it right now, but I realize when you preach the word, that's what's going to happen. And you know what my assignment is? Preach the word, pal. Preach the word. And so I'm going to preach the word. I welcome you. If you love the word of God, you want to live by the word of God, you want your children being in the word of God, I welcome that. Because I can tell you right now, even in my life, the word of God sometimes is annoyingly accurate. It's accurate, but sometimes it's annoyingly accurate. I'm like, dear Jesus. Watch what we go with. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 4. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Now, Paul's trust wasn't in his confidence. How do we know that? Keep reading. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. It's not by me. My sufficiency is not from me. If your sufficiency is by you, you better get ready because you're going to let you down. But our sufficiency is from God. God's, God's Holy Spirit within us. Verse 6. Who has also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. The new covenant. Now listen to what he says here. Not of the letter. Not of the letter of the law. Remember in Moses' time, the external code of the Old Testament covenant. The, the law shows our need, but we don't have the power to obey it. So it's not of the letter of the law. Now look what he goes on to say. But of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Only the Spirit gives life. The inward power of bearing the Spirit of God himself, which enables us to keep the law. This goes back to what we started with. You're not going to obey it out of your own self, okay? You're going to have to have the Spirit of God. So many people have this thought right there. All I need is the Word of God. But if all I get is the Word of God, I dry up. And many people say, I don't need the Word of God. All I need is the Spirit of God. And when all you have is the Spirit of God, you blow up. But when I take the Word of God and the Spirit of God together, I grow up. And I believe that's what God's wanting us to do. And I don't believe God wants us to struggle to obey the, the, the book of the law, the Word of God. But he says, get the Holy Spirit in you. Get the Holy Spirit in you. And I know there's many in here today God could just testify the greatness of the Holy Spirit in their life. But you know, I believe with all my heart right now, the only reason I've been married for 41 years is I got born again. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Those two things, and 
I, I welcome the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And I got to have you today, Holy Spirit. I need you today, Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to ask you to stand up right there where you're at. Paul tells us here that we're to speak the word in love but he also warns of the danger of God's word being ministered literally but not in a life giving way the Greek word for truth it literally means reality not doctrine I want the reality of the truth I just don't want the doctrine I want the reality I want to obey God with a good heart I mean like I, I take joy in obeying you Father God I want to obey you and how you know that takes place is when you don't obey God and the Holy Spirit starts convicting you he starts scratching your heart it bothers you it bothers me to disobey God. Before I was born again and before I received the Holy Spirit, it didn't bother me to sin. I like to sin. Why? It's what sinners do. But I get born again. I get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is on this lifeline or this lifetime process of shaping me, of molding me. And as long as I welcome him, as long as I stay teachable, stuff begins to happen you bow your head with me if you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit was he was tugging on your heart he was convicting you to die that you're a sinner don't stiff arm him that's the love of God that's how much God loves you yield to him and what I mean to yield to him is I welcome you today if you're watching by live stream I welcome you today to answer the call to say I need to get born again I need to rededicate and if that's you to this morning just march down here right here today we're going to celebrate you we're not going to treat you ungodly we're not going to be harsh just the love of God is anybody in here like that? Well, the Lord said in Luke 11, He said, If any of you desire the Holy Spirit, God will give Him to the ones who ask. Well, I ask you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit today. I ask you for a refilling today. Some of you may have never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you may have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but He's been on the back burner, and you need a fresh anointing. I need a fresh anointing. Do you realize what the rain did in the natural the other day? Just made everything come alive. What would happen if we would just begin to believe God? Rain on us. Rain on us, Holy Spirit. Pour your Spirit upon us. And if you're here today and you need a fresh touch, a fresh anointing to God, I, I welcome you to come down here. 
become so hard-hearted and so narcissistic in our ways to think, I don't need the Holy Spirit. Maybe this morning you need something from heaven to grip you. Something that moves in your life as the helper to help us against the, the self, our sin, and even the devil. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me just say this. Don't dismiss the truth that the Lord Jesus said today. Oh, I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you. I need you. I welcome you. You can make your way down here. That may be you today. Some of you need just a fresh anointing. I, I, I welcome the anointing of the Holy Spirit daily. I need a fresh infilling today. I need the fresh anointing of the Helper today. And this should be our prayers when we wake up in the morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I welcome you into my day. I welcome you to every event, every activity of my day. I welcome you as my helper. I welcome you as my advocate, my counselor, my comforter, my helper, my intercessor, my strengthener, my standby. I welcome you today, Holy Spirit. And so as they continue to play, let's just come and pour our hearts out. Oh, Lord, you said ask. You ask and watch what he'll do. Go ahead, God. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.